like this book. I I was like so excited to go ahead and talk about this book. Yeah. No, Alex wouldn't talk to me every time I tried to bring it up. Every time calling me, it's like talk about the book. I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and most of the time, she was like ahead of me. I'm like, yep, haven't got there yet. Whoops. I'll call Caleb next time. Don't spoil. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Expanding Horizons. This is our sixth episode. This month, we read Steelheart by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, with me today, I have a couple of my close friends, Abe. Greetings. We have Gail. Hello. And we have Caleb. That's me. And of course, I am Alex. Um, so, Steelheart, this was uh, my selection for our picks of books that we wanted to read. Um, I've been wanting to read it for a, a while. It's uh, basically a story about a world in which people with superpowers have one day appeared um, called Epics. And these people essentially abuse their power and take over large parts of the world and the country and cities, etc. And um, the core of the story is focused on a group of rebels called the Reckoners that are trying to hunt down and kill Epics. And then they're mostly uh, regular humans that are trying to like take back their world, essentially. And our um, main character is uh, David. He is, or in the beginning of the story, he witnessed his father get murdered by an Epic and has, you know for 10 years, dedicated his life to developing uh, information and notes on how to, to kill them and how to take them down, etc. And he really wants to join the Reckoners, and that's kind of like what the story is built around. Um, Brandon Sanderson is a pretty prolific author. Um, he's written some things that several of us have already read. The, uh, the Mistborn, I think, trilogy is him, right? Yep. Plus the other three Mistborn books. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Um, I read Elantris, which is like a one-off by him. He's got the um, Skyward series. I don't know what it's, the series is called, but that's the first book in it. Right. And the um, Stormlight Archives are his big one, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Stormlight Archives. That's also him. I have heard of that. Um, yeah. So he is kind of known for... Um, I think he's known for like his world building and and oh, who am I think? I'm thinking of a different guy that's known for his magic systems. But like a lot of his world building stuff. No, you're, seems... trying, you're thinking you're thinking of Sanderson. Am yeah, I? You okay, are. magic mm -hmm. systems is a, is a big thing that, with him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty much up all of our alleys. Fantasy writer. He's also known for just cranking out books. Yeah, he writes pretty quick. He's not. He's not George. <laughs> so yeah, uh, let's let's talk about Steelheart a little bit. Um, what do you guys think of the story? Anybody have some first impressions? Uh, what about you, Gail? I know that you were very excited to come into well, this I discussion. Yeah, I didn't want to take over the show or anything like that and jump in. I was trying to give somebody else a chance, but no, <laughs> I really enjoyed it because 
I really, really like story building and character building. And I, I like like an onion character. And so I thought it was very well done in that aspect on certain characters. And I could go on and on about the different ones, but I know Megan didn't come off being that intriguing to people, but probably, but to me, I always had this hinkling that something was up with her. Mm-hmm. And I loved Cody for his different just personas, you know? I mean, he cracked me up all the time. So I I could go on and on. I have different things for different characters that I enjoyed so much. So there wasn't really one ca- main character in that book that I thought was a waste of time. I thought everybody brought something. Right. Uh, Abe, I... I don't know how much we want to get into stuff. I guess I guess just your initial impressions. <laughs> I know I have some um, deeper things to well, say later. I have I have complicated feelings, but um <laughs> and 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 I don't know that I'll be able to fully express everything, but you know, I'll give my best shot. I I mean, like I thought this book was great. It's really good. Um mm-hmm. it's 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 very textbook in in the way that the story is set up, which mm-hmm. is great. It's, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, and, you know, in fact, it's, it's something that's refreshing sometimes to see somebody that just really knows what they're doing, writing a story. Um, you can kind of trust that they're going somewhere with it while, while you're reading it. So I, I kind of had that warm fuzzy going through the story, um, reading it. And I'm like, I know this guy is going to land the plane and, um, you know, and the end of the book's going to be solid in the end. Um, it's not going to be some weird flat ending that doesn't make sense. Um, so like overall it's, it, it was a, it was a fun read. Um, you know, my complicated feelings aside, um, <laughs> it, it, it definitely like does what you want. This sort of book to do is, is creates this, this world that you can live in for a little bit um and and it creates it in such a way that it's developed enough that you can live in there and you can see all of the other stories that are happening even though um you know they're not written yet or not written at all um you know you can imagine millions and millions of different stories that that happen in this world because it's flushed out right right yeah yeah, I I kind of uh see where you're coming from there. I there was definitely like spots where I was like, well, obviously that's going to turn out a certain way. And you could kind of see things coming, but I didn't dislike it for that because the resolutions were still satisfying. So yeah. I I was definitely like into the world and and the story and the characters. And also I think it was it was um pretty beneficial that it was just like a small handful of characters that the story focused on. You really got to learn their different quirks and become like accustomed to living with those characters for a while. It's cool stuff. And like even an interesting thing I think that he did was Steelheart is basically not in the book. But you learn a ton about him just from 
third party perspectives. That was yeah. kind of cool. Right. He's like pivotal with the story, but, but, but not actually in not, it much. Not directly in like yeah. any but two of the scenes in right. the entire book. Um, yeah, what do you think, Caleb? I thought this book was really good and a lot of fun. Pretty easy read. And it starts out at a pretty quick pace and doesn't really slow down all that much. Yeah, that's for sure. Like the the opening really hooks you very yeah, quickly. Yeah. Well, and I like the fact that, you know, at this time, I just liked a fantasy that just sucked you into a whole other world. Yeah, especially with the times we're living in. Yeah. yeah just kind of disappear into this fantasy world for a while. Even though it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of a bleak world, though. Oh, it's <laughs> to disappear for sure into. <laughs> Oh, you know, Chicago. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago, I think you mean. Right, New Chicago. New Chicago. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we could talk more about the characters. We've mentioned them a bunch already. Um, there's just a handful. There's like your main dude, David. Um, and then you've got Megan, who's like the newest person on the team besides David. And then you got like the tech person. Uh, what's her name? Tia? Yeah. Tia. And mm-hmm. then um, you've got Cody, who's kind of like comic relief. Mm-hmm. And Abraham, who's kind of like, you know special ops like gunman guy and then like the leader of the pack uh prof or whatever else you want to call him is it jonathan yeah is it jonathan, jonathan phaedrus mm-hmm. those are kind of like the main pivotal roles in the in the book you got a couple villains um i mean steelheart being the the key basically an uh unstoppable god of a person ruling over the city he's got like his right hand minions uh night wielder and firefight firefight fire yep yeah firefight mm-hmm. and conflux isn't it yeah, yeah conflux Con- is the leader of his like militia enforcement unit those are kind of like all the the major players yep i think one thing that Sanderson did really well is all of the main characters that you spend a bunch of time with, they all have like their specific quirk. So even if you kind of forget who they are, that pops up like every time you see them. Mm-hmm. And so you can right. like instantly pick out who they are and their kind of thing. It's like a neat way of keeping them all separate and knowing who they are easily. Like you don't even have to have it specifically spelled out who's talking. You can kind of tell from the word choice of the different characters. Yeah. Like who's saying what. Right. Like Abraham hit me as being the most sensible one. You know, he was really level-headed, you know, tried to, I think, look at both sides of the story before he approached it. That's what we're known for. (laughs) Abraham's. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I didn't even think of that. I know, until he said it. Whenever, like, it's so rare to see my name in a book, so it, that was kind of weird for me. Yeah. But, but, but kind of awesome, too. Yeah. And you don't see a lot of Caleb's in books, either. Mm-mm. Not really. So, who is your favorite character, Gail? Oh, my gosh. I can't really say. <laughs> I mean, they all bring something, like... 
you know, the prof, as you said, Jonathan, I just, I just knew there was more to this character, just like Megan, but Cody, to me, every time he turned around, he was Irish, he was Scottish, he's also Southern, and I'm like, (laughs) Yeah, he decided to be Australian right at the end there. Right at the end. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And the way he linked it all together was hilarious, so, but... Abraham kind of, in a way, you know, has my heart, though, because he's just so hardcore in a way, but has such a big heart, too. So, to me, anyways, like, in in the tunnel, when, you know, he was trying to discuss everything with the people that were trying to take his gun, you know, the gang there, and how he handled that, it it was just kind of like most people would just shoot everybody you know he, he had the gun capable of shooting everybody and he he just saw a whole different way and i was like wow i would have shot the guy probably not taking a bullet but you know i don't know and i i love megan too because i mean i i really thought she was something in the book the whole time T was the only one that I didn't really connect with. Sure. Even though she's she seemed cool and, and she, all, but she I, probably also got the least screen time. Yeah. Girl yeah, in the so chair. Yeah, girl, girl in the chair. <laughs> and you know, I know the main character's David, um, but I didn't. I I liked him okay, but he was all revenge, 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 and I just liked seeing the different characters and the roles they played and everything. So. Right. Yeah, I think, um, I think maybe David or Abraham are going to be like up near my top characters. I just like Mm -hmm. their vibes. Yeah. I think I like David so much specifically because of the running joke of he doesn't know how to do metaphors. (laughs) <laughs> yes I feel like he wrote him like that just so he could use absurd metaphors and people would still like his book mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like Maybe. a test so like this is what I could throw in here it was very good and it was it was good to like break up some of the, the just like the straight action and some of like the dreariness and kind of bring some lightheartedness to the character yeah mm-hmm. but it's funny because even though he came up with these awful metaphors, he was really quite smart to gather all the information that he gathered right. and to figure out, like, you know, certain things about, you know, the epics, what their traits were and, you know, weaknesses. So, yeah, David's like a very, like, intuitive character, I guess. He figures things out with not necessarily having all the information. You can usually figure out what's going on. I read the second book already, and it happens even more in that one. Nice. Wow. Oh my gosh, I am going on to the second book myself. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. There's also I there's a short wait. story between the first and second book. It's like 50 pages. Oh, really? It's, it's probably worth reading, yeah. Oh, oh you yeah, got to okay. text me what it is then. Yeah, sure. Because I am in love with this writer. I mean... <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. It's such a, a clean, you don't find clean books anymore. And so it's yeah. so clean and yeah, it was he's, fun. 
there there's a couple guys in his um sort of friend circle that are all authors and they're all mormons so that's -hmm. where that comes from it's it's very clean but it's not like the young adult kind of style of writing exactly which is nice he he always has cursing in his books but it's always not our curse words they're their own curse words that they make up yes wants and yeah i was gonna yeah i was gonna bring that up at some point but yeah i thought that was interesting it's like I think a lot of media that I get really into actually ends up doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It, all of his books are like this. Like Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff like that. They always have like, like frack invented. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. Swear words. Um, I was going to say he's, he has a lot of books available. So <laughs> if, if you're a fan, then you've got plenty to look forward to. He sure does. I bet you would absolutely love the first book in the Wax and Wayne series. Really? If you like this one a lot, I think Prob- so. Probably Stormlight, too. I've not read any of those, but I, I've heard only good things. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> um, anything else we want to say about the characters? Abe, did you have a favorite that stuck out to you? Um, I guess w- what I was going to mention about the characters is... um, um. I I always appreciate the when the when the villain side is fleshed out, when the antagonist side is fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Um so I thought Conflux was great. Um, um and like the stuff with Nightwielder. And and just the fact that, you know, he puts thought into this kind of stuff. They're you know, they're up to their own stuff during the book. And we don't necessarily need to know what it is or care about it, but um, he's at least thinking about these other characters that aren't present. Right. And you Conflict's actually... whole twist was, was very interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of, they kept on mentioning the whole time, like, you never, you never see this dude. And nobody even, like, knows what he looks like, really. And then it turns out that that's the whole reason is because like Steelheart has him in a captured and like can't even let other epics know about him really because the power dynamic will be thrown off when people realize like epics are being like held captive underneath him. Yeah, if you're powerful enough, you actually might just be become a slave. Right. Uh, Caleb, did you have any thoughts on a specific character or something like that? Not really that we didn't kind of already cover. Yeah, we kind of covered most of them. There's not that that many to go over, so. Yeah. One thing I did think of just a second ago, when Abe was talking about how the villains are all fleshed out, even Steelheart is really fleshed out just by the way we see him through the way he governs the city and sort of the outside perspective of other, of other people. Right, and like things that come to light about him later. Like you learn little tidbits like, He's, you know, spreading rumors about atrocities he's committed that he hasn't actually committed, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, setting. So, setting. I mean, it's it's Chicago. It's New Chicago. It's pretty interesting though because it's not just a city. There's like an underbelly that's all carved out everywhere because of like this catastrophic event that happened where Steelheart turned like everything to steel. 
Um, and then like the diggers came and dug out a bunch of the underground. The thing about the diggers, actually, they kind of just mention them all the time and don't really say like what or how that they're they were forming these tunnels, just right. they go mad or they, whatever. They they were gifted the yes. ability to do that yeah. by something. So they say um, that like way towards the end of the book, they're finally like, oh yeah, they got gifted the ability and they make like square holes as a, as opposed to the sensors that make circular holes mostly. Just tiny little details like that that's kind of get in there. Yeah, I um, would have died in that place though because <laughs> no sun, I'm claustrophobic, tunnels you have to live in, dead. I would have never survived. <laughs> yeah, so they're in like an endless night because of Night Wielder. So the city is like always dark and seedy. Then you've got like the underground. Yep, dead. You've got like the descriptions of how the different classes essentially are separated by living above and below. Well, even the children, though, are separated. Like the really smart ones were taken. Do you remember? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So that's why David tried to stay under the radar, but still tried to stay smart and learn. Yeah, because if you're too smart, you got brought to the surface to work for Steelheart. He didn't want that. Mm-mm. But yeah, it, like the setting's pretty fleshed out. Like you even get little glimpses of how other cities are doing comparatively. Um. And it's like the the United States is now called like the fractured states. And like essentially the government still technically exists, but epics overrule any laws that are in place if they're around. <laughs> kind of interesting. I think, you know, true to form, the world building is... Um, really well done, and uh, you know he he pulls together all this stuff, and like I said before, you you can imagine, you know, all of these different things happening outside of the story, even though you're not seeing it. Um, so I thought that was great, and and just the diversity of the different powers that the epics have, and um, how that how that interacts with others, um, and how they interact with like normal humans um, was definitely well fleshed out. Um, I think I wasn't, I wasn't like overly enamored with the like locations, I guess I would say. Sure. Um, I feel like nothing was really like vivid, I guess. And we're starting to hit on some of my issues, but um you know, I I like New Cago. That's great. You know, the the fractured states. That's great. You know, like all of this world building is is great. Um, but um, you know, at some point, I I kind of like to like know where the characters are and feel what they're f feel about where they are the same way they would feel about it. I guess. Um, you know, like tie me into the setting a little bit more viscerally. <laughs> Um, right. which I don't think happens a ton. I'm wondering if that's because the city is, you know, 
entirely steel and there's no sun and stuff so it keeps it does that tone on purpose maybe because i the second book there are a lot of like vivid locations and the characters like you feel like you know how the characters feel in that setting i guess but yeah it doesn't happen in the first book like at all Hmm. and maybe it's because it's like this all steel city there's not a whole lot going on in it well, I will say one bad, but. <laughs> one scene where they were in the room and they had basically a virtual reality um, machine and he didn't realize it and they clicked it on and he was on top of a building. I mean, my stomach dropped out because I am like freaked out about heights now and I don't know why it just came <laughs> on me later on in life. But Alex actually did that to me one time in virtual reality. So when this happened to David, (laughs) I freaked. And I was like, close your eyes. And every time it happened, I would be yelling, close your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I guess I didn't think he was as smart as what everybody thought he was. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that that scene was um, fairly vivid. But I guess I would tend to agree with Abe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can see where he's coming from. I'm I'm so interested in the the world and like the powers and how they came to be and stuff that I read the read the book even more to learn about that than to learn about the main plot. The main plot's right. good, but like yeah. I feel like its purpose is to flesh out this world, which is more yeah, like interesting. How, than the how plot do these itself. powers come to be? What is calamity? Yeah, which we didn't even mention. Calamity is like this thing that appeared when <laughs> when people started getting powers. It's just like this ball of fire in the sky, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the sun, obviously. <laughs> but it's just sitting there. Nobody knows what it is. It's shown even through the uh, the never-ending night that Night Wilder created over the city. Yeah, there's little things like even just that that like make you wonder more about the powers in the world. The small little details. The powers and, like, even more specifically their weaknesses, I think, are some of the most inventive, like, interesting stuff in the book. Like, the, like, figuring out that um, Foresight is weakened when he's, like, aroused, essentially. Oh, yeah. Fortuity. Yeah, Fortuity, that's what his name was. Uh Um. He could like see moments into the future, I guess. Yeah. So he so he could like always dodge stuff. He had like a danger sense. But yeah, his his weakness was just like a pretty girl. <laughs> and then you've got like Steelheart at the end of the book. Like his weakness is you he could only be harmed by somebody that didn't fear him. And it's like how I mean, I guess we are getting rid of physics because it's superpowers and like whatever. But like, how how does that interact? Like, <laughs> it's an interesting concept. Um, yeah. So I guess I can take us on to the the plot and the arc of the story here. I mean, it's the essential thing that is to happen is they want to kill Steelheart. Like that's David's life motivation. Like the Reckoners wanted to pull off something bigger than they're used to pulling. 
do something that is going to affect a lot more. And Steelheart's like nigh untouchable, so if they could actually kill him, then they could prove that they could make change in the world. And yeah, the plot pretty much follows that. There's um, several... Uh, I almost want to call them like heist scenes. Like you, there's like a setup and like planning phase, and then like they go into like the mission. And it's not like they're actually stealing something, but it feels like that vibe. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good explana- explanation. Actually, fits pretty well. Always super excited when those are happening. Super cool. They had like a full stealth mission when they're going through a building trying to blow up the power power plant. They had like a full caper where they're trying to gun down a epic in broad daylight. Yeah, there's a chase scene. Chase scene. Um give yeah, like um uh thriller style pace maybe maybe slightly slower than a thriller style pacing, but um, very similar to something like that, where you have these, you know, you have these scenes that are important. There's a couple things about the plot that I was like, yeah, of course. Like, I, like the whole story, I was waiting for the shoe to drop on somebody's an epic that, you know, supposedly was human, right? Like, mm-hmm. obviously, that's going to happen sometime. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be two of them, so that was kind of interesting. <laughs> Actually, um, when I found out that. David said that um, Firefight was a um, illusionist. Holog- yeah, hologram like an illusionist. Um, like I said about Megan, I I knew because when they were in the elevator shaft, I'm like, come on! If you can't put two and two together, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they shine a light right out of them and they can't see. I'm like, okay, that's something. Yeah, they hit it very hard there. Yeah, and then in the chase scene, you know, with you know Abraham again, I'm like, that he cut off. Okay, he's back. Uh, nah, something's going on here. So it, yeah, I didn't really get a. I got a feel for the um, prof too because of his attitude changing. Mm-hmm. But I still thought that was great. Yeah, so his his reveal that he's an epic was something I did not expect, actually. And actually, when they tie that into all the quote-unquote technology that they have, mm-hmm. is actually just him gifting his powers. I was like, wow, that's, re- that's really clever. I thought mm-hmm. that was really yeah. clever. Yeah. And it, and it, and it, uh, t- it, what am I trying to say? It, it, it ties in correctly with, you know, if you are reading carefully and and trying to put the pieces together you can put it together right um basically back to the point where um you know they mentioned that megan can't use the the what are they called those things yeah Mm -hmm. um so like that was that was my first clue Um, black on the play (laughs) yeah yeah um so you know stuff like that and then and then you know it's it's set up well because you think back you know when they when he does do the explicit reveal um you think back back and you go oh yeah okay okay right so um it's it's pretty well timed and i i do agree that that the um 
the clues were a little heavy handed um, in the elevator shaft and yeah. <laughs> the the motorcycle. But I mean, it's, I thought it was fine. I think the problem well, with it might be that David was like, okay, whatever, you know? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. He, like, I'm going to put no more thought into this at all. For having like tracked the Reckoners and found out the day that they were going to perform a, maybe not the day, but like the week that they happened to be in town to do some hit and then did not put those pieces together. Well, yeah, it's a little odd. Well, I think also too, because David witnessed his father getting killed, his father believed that they were good epics. David from that point on believed that there were no good epics and Abraham kept on telling him there's going to be good epics. You have to have faith. And he refused to believe it. So I think he was kind of maybe just, he couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. That's right. a good point. Yeah. I think a lot of the um, heavy handed, like uh, foreshadowing about, about Megan being an epic is like all fine, you know, but I think the the really interesting stuff, and I don't know if it's actually there or not, because it's to the point that I would have to go back and reread the whole book. But when they introduce the idea of using your powers causes you to like change your attitude towards humans, mm-hmm. it's like a physical reaction. And the way that he talked about her mood swings a bunch, I want to see if you could go back through a second time and see how that matches up. Like, could you identify she did something with her powers and then like was way more cold towards him right after that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, Some she of those was. subtle things. Like, oh, you yeah. can't, I'm sure it's there, but it's just like, I can't remember specifics about those. Oh, I can. Like when she was in the tunnel and, um, she got, you know, the bullets were coming at them. And, and then another time when she was on the motorcycle and she was speeding towards the blockade she just gave him attitude the whole entire time. So it, it I could, I could, that's oh, that was, another... that was one time, huh? When she was speeding towards the blockade and yeah. like was ignoring him because mm-hmm. she had just used it to save, um, Abraham, right? Abraham. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I kept on putting it together that it was like, Hey, okay, there's something up. It's, and then, you know, other things happened like, We've said numerous times the elevator shaft, and it just cemented it for me. And, of course, when Prof was in the tunnels and I saw what he did with, you know, everybody down there and the sword he got, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you one thing about this book that I thought was a little weird. He spent 10 years trying to think of... Steelheart's uh, weakness and didn't think of Crossfire until like the very end. Yeah. I read the prologue and I was like, oh, his weakness is Crossfire. Yeah. Yeah. It's just accidental. <laughs> it has to be that. an accidental shot, right? And I'm actually kind of glad that didn't turn out to be the, the it because it actually, you know, subverted my expectations a little bit. But I thought for sure it was like, oh, it has to be a bullet that's not meant for him. Right. And that can hurt him. Yeah, for sure thought that was the answer for a very long time. So, okay, that, you know, that wasn't actually it. But how do you not think of that <laughs> for 10 for ten years? How do you not think of that? Um, yeah, I think in terms of, of plot stuff, the like Megan, her whole reveal 
being firefight did not see that coming mm-hmm. i knew she was going to be something i also knew she wasn't dead because there's no way she's dead right you kill off a love interest like two-thirds yeah. of the way through no that's not gonna happen <laughs> but at least it was something surprising in that oh it was actually like one of steelheart's right hand man like this whole time yeah i like, didn't yeah. didn't see that coming the the interesting piece about that um which is for everyone that was following along and, and thought she was an epic at that point um is that she has reincarnation powers you know so like right mm-hmm. um you know that's that's the the getcha that um you couldn't you couldn't have picked up on at that point right that's the part that got me because i actually did think that a little she weird was... actually that she just has reincarnation powers that mm-hmm. is weird it's kind of but... convenient right yeah but if I'm read it correctly, she doesn't quite remember correctly everything. No, she... She's like being reborn, almost like a phoenix, <laughs> which kind of makes her name make a little bit more sense. But they tie it in a little better in the second book as well. Do they? Yeah. I got to the end of the first book and saw that the second one listed as being called Firefight. And I was like, oh, OK, so that's going to be yeah. like all her thing now. But yeah, I, I'm very intrigued to see what happens with her i'll probably end up reading that second book at some point he leaves a lot of questions to be answered in the first one and in the second one i think it's only a trilogy though right yeah so at least there's that it's not like a 10 book series that you have to get through (laughs) you're not signing up for this huge thing yeah (laughs) all right so yeah i mean that kind of covers the the big hits of the plot there um this month we wanted to introduce a new section to talk about where we could talk specifically about the writing i think this is probably where abe is gonna go off for a while (laughs) yes was gonna say go abe (laughs) because brandon sanderson definitely has a specific style he knows he knows how to write good books that keep you interested yeah that much is for sure Specifically, like, action sequences, I think, are really, really well done. Like, you can see... I I have a running, like, tally in my head of where everybody is, what's happening, all the different events that are going on. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy to follow. Yeah, for sure. Especially in comparison to, like, last month when we read Legionnaire. Where sometimes it would it would get like a little bit muddy. There's a little bit of a learning curve. Everything was a very clear picture. I felt like in this one. Yeah, for sure. I I think when when you read it, it it reads very much like a Sanderson book. And I think you know that's that's the appeal on one hand to a lot of people. Um, but then um, on the other hand. When I like when I pick up a Brandon Sanderson book and I read it, I'm like, oh, this is just this is just another Brandon Sanderson book because it's kind of just like all the other ones. Um, and you know, there's there's a lot to say about his world building and and um, magic and and the ideas I think that he brings to these stories are great. And you know, I don't I don't uh, begrudge anyone for wanting to like continue reading 
this series for sure because you know there's a ton of really interesting stuff that's brought up um that you can sort of latch on (laughs) to you you heard it um yeah (laughs) but but like where i kind of fall on it is like is you know i didn't i didn't bounce off of the book um where where i lost interest um you know I, i wanted to finish it and i was interested um but it doesn't like it doesn't string me along to want to pick up the next one and i think the reason for that is 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 because of the way he writes and i think it's a double-edged sword a little bit i think i think um his writing is great and he writes the way he does for a reason and it's really smart because you know like we've all said it's very easy to read um you know what's going on you can you can get through the story really quickly and he writes it very quickly which is great um and it appeals to a lot of people um just i guess just for my taste it just kind of falls a little bit bland um and this is sort of the issue that i've had with some of his other stuff where where i read a book by brandon sanderson and the ideas are really cool and the the plot is really cool and it's like i like what you're doing with this story but i just wish it had like that little bit extra um where you know the characters are dialed in just a little bit more and um and the the writing's just a little bit tighter just a little bit um more visceral maybe um and maybe you know i think a lot of that's just my taste as a reader um but he's definitely writing into this into this style where i think you know he's he's never going to fully 100% satisfy me as a reader just because this is this is what he writes and this is how he writes which is which is like i said which is great um just not it doesn't hit me the same as it hits is a lot it, of other people is it that he's like filling a template like a rubric of like I, here's all the things i have to hit in my book and as long I don't as so i do much, that i don't so much mind that i think i think it really comes down a lot to the writing style um and um i was i was trying to i was trying to think of a good metaphor (laughs) for uh for you know how i feel about his books um and i kind of i kind of fell on he's the starbucks of fantasy authors to me oh um where like you know Wherever you go to a star, for the most part, wherever you go to a Starbucks, I know there's exceptions to this, but you're going to get basically the same drink um, that you get across the across the country, um, and and it's going to be fine. It's not going to be like amazing coffee. It's going to be fine, um, and that's kind of like how I've felt about the books I've read of his. It's like you know I like this book. It's it's a good book. I'm not. I'm not like digging in my wallet to buy the next one, <laughs> um, right. which, which again, I understand is different from other people. And I don't think, you know, I'm not trying to berate this book or him as an author at all. Um, I think it all works really well and um, is incredibly enjoyable for a lot of people. 
um, and rightfully so. Um, I think I'm just sort of learning what my taste as a reader is, and I don't think he he hits that. He's just like close, but like not quite there. Yeah, I think so. Like, like the ideas are are awesome. Um, like just just the conceit of the story, even you know, superheroes that or people that have superhuman abilities and every single one of them is a bad guy. You know, there's no Superman. They're all villains Um, is a great hook. You know, that makes you want to read a book and that, you know, that's awesome. It's just, I I get this same kind of feeling every time I read a Brandon Sanderson book where I get to the end. I'm like, okay, (laughs) Um, you know, that was good. But like, I kind of want something that punches me a little bit harder. I think that was pretty well put. Yeah. Actually, thinking back to all the books I've read, there's only... I'm not counting Steelheart and Firefight because I just read them. <laughs> but there's only one that I, like, vividly remember almost everything in it. Oh, yeah. And it's it's the first book of the Wax and Wayne series. Okay. And that's, like, that's the only one I can think of and I like, remember, like, most of the details of everything that happened in it. The other ones are kind of just... I remember reading them. And I remember liking them a lot. But... You can't like pull anything back from memory immediately. Sure. Is the Wax and Wayne is that stuff by itself? It's it's in the Mistborn world. Okay, but it's yeah. like years and that's, years that's later. That's the the second trilogy in yeah. that universe. It's, I think okay. it's actually a I think it might be four books. Oh okay. but yeah. <laughs> I, I remember a long time ago you saying like that second series was where where it was at. It was just, amazing. Just the first book. Just the first book, of the and I was like, but I, have to, I probably have to read like the whole first trilogy to get context. It does <laughs> help a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. Well, that was a bunch about the writing, I guess. I don't. Do we have anything else we really want to say about the the writing? That was just a section for me to air my grievances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Usually, I've got something to say about it, but this time. I like I like his style. I'm yeah. yeah, not much more than to it than that. Yeah, yeah I, I think, like I, I like it. I think it's one of those things where it's like probably more people like it, like his style than. And it's not that I dislike his style, right? <laughs> I you know I'm putting all these all these uh, hedges on my on my statements, but um, it's not that I dislike his style, but you know I think more people really enjoy his style than. Um, then bounce off it a little bit, like me. But yeah, um, yeah. I know, uh, Gail. Um, I know, like you've you've read a few of the book club books at this point, and you keep on saying that you were waiting for that one that would would get you, and then you started reading this one, and you were just so excited about it because. Because yeah. I think it's just because that intro, it, it pulls you in immediately. And that's what you mm-hmm. always say to me about things, is you want a book that, you know, pulls you, be you in immediately. You want to be hooked. Well, see, me, when it comes to reading, I'm a little older than you guys. I've seen a lot of crap in my life that, you know, has been quite a tragedy. And so, for me, I really like the easy, breezy, fantasy 
you don't have to work too hard to, you know, whip through a book and it entertains and I think it's great. And I understand like there are other books that you need to really sit down and maybe even reread a couple of passages and stuff like that. But when I read, I I don't want to have to think, and I know this may be a cop-out, I don't want to have to think too hard. And I think that's, in a sense, and I could be wrong, Abe, you like to be challenged a little bit, it sounds like, when it comes to, you know, the characters and the settings, and, and I get that, and and rightfully so. Um, me, I, I just want to have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's a really good point, um, is, is something that could be added to my spiel um is that i think if i had read these books in like high school mm-hmm. i probably would have been totally into them um mm-hmm. you know i think it's just um like you said i I kind of want something else from stories right now in right. my life, maybe. So, um, you know, maybe maybe another time I would come back to this and say it's really good. And I think, um, you know, everything about this book is great. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it is well written. It's just, um, you know, I think, like you said, um, I'm, I'm probably just looking for something a little bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. And when I was in high school, I would have loved them too. But everything's come full circle because now I'm back to oh, you know what? This happened and that happened in my life. I want just a clean, fun book. (laughs) So, and, you know, because I've read other books that, you know, are pretty heavy. And sure, they make you think, and they're very vivid, and they stick with you for a long, long time. But sometimes I just need that, that quick fix of just fun. Right. Now that you found Sanderson, there are a plethora there's, there's of books that fit. Awesome. <laughs> there's lots. I mean, I don't know if that makes sense or not. Oh, yeah. I think it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, you know, timely for this kind of book right now is I think there's there's probably a lot of people that are trying to read just for escapism right now. And these, these are great for that, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Maybe not this one in particular if you're trying to avoid a bleak setting, but... <laughs> I mean, even though it's like a bleak setting, I don't think you don't really. I wasn't really oppressed by it when I was Me reading either. it. That's so, a fair point. Yeah, and and that's that probably gets back to. Um, he. I don't think he writes the setting that viscerally, so it doesn't oppress you, mm-hmm. and I think that's on purpose. So, like a lot of this stuff ties back in to, um. You know, he, he he knows what he's doing when he's writing the story um, in all of these different facets, which is what I think makes him an incredible writer. Um, you know, it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. Which brings us to the big question, theme. What do we think the theme is for this story? I think uh, just initially, off the top of my head, I kind of go with like faith or something like that. Like the the idea of like there will be good epics, and then like you get the the good epic reveal at the end. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hope. Yeah, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of power corrupts stuff in this. Yeah. Right. Yep. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. 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 A lot of talk on whether humans can actually, you know, handle being an epic without being corrupt. That's a good point. Power corrupts. Because they go so far as to say it's like a unwanted reaction that when they use their power, they just become happens. evil, you can't do anything essentially. About it, yeah. And they can't do anything about it. You have to not use your power in order to not be evil, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Disney movies lately, so um, <laughs> yeah. I wrote I wrote down that it's the opposite message that Frozen has. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it oh, is concealed. Concealed don't feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let it go, Abe. <laughs> <laughs> no, they can't let it go because then they become evil. Oh yes. See if Elsa was an epic. Oh gosh, <laughs> that'd be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> also as an epic she'd be a wicked tyrant rolling mm-hmm. over a kingdom that's a that's a different conversation <laughs> the, the me breaking down frozen as a story that's, that's oh. a fun one for a different day you and i could probably talk yes i have i think frozen 2 is better i like it better man <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, I couldn't stand Frozen to begin with, so I know I'm probably one of the oddballs. Um, yeah, the uh, Power Corrupts, I think that, I didn't even, th- I don't know how I didn't think of it, but I think that kind of hits the nail on the head. I think that's yeah. probably it. Mm-hmm. It does. 100%. I mean, there's obviously, there's a little bit of other things going on. Yeah, yeah. I think and there's the fifth a- one certainly hits. There's a lot of, you know, minor, minor things that, sort of revolve around that central idea but um you know they all they all sort of tie into that right um the other thing i was sort of thinking about is like they they especially with the illusion epics mm-hmm. and about like like and this is probably getting a little philosophical with it but but um like how do you measure a person um like everyone has these walls or illusions in this case that they put up um but who are you deep down and you sort of see that with megan and with david a little bit um which ties in with her being an illusion epic um but that's probably just me thinking too hard about it yeah i could see it being there probably not intended I also wrote down the theme of which is more effective weapon, rifles or handguns. <laughs> yeah, they talk about that a lot. That's so true. <laughs> Man, yeah. He argues about that in his head a lot. And, then, <laughs> and even with Megan about and that. And with Megan at one point, yeah. And then uses a handgun at one point and was like, huh, not so bad, actually. <laughs> actually. Yes. <laughs> Abe, as soon as you said that, I was like chuckling because, oh my gosh, all these conversations came flying into my head. <laughs> There's maybe a, a tad of revenge isn't all it's cracked up to be in there as well. A little touch of revenge isn't worth it. Yeah. 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 The, um, I guess, I guess sort of the idea of like sacrificing yourself for something bigger too. Um, mm-hmm. 
gets in there at the end. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I almost thought that was going to be Steelheart's weakness. Was it had to be somebody that wanted to die to kill him or something like that? Sure. Because when he was going to like blow up the thing at the end, I was like, okay, since he's like sacrificing himself to kill him, then that'll work. Mm-hmm. But no, <laughs> much more simple than that. Yeah, so uh, that kind of concludes all of our uh, points of discussion here. Kind of just go around and do our our clothing, 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 closing thoughts. Our clothing thoughts. Our clothing yes. thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't really <laughs> talk about uh, villain wardrobe, did he? Yeah, um, I think Steelheart had a cape. Didn't he have a black cape? I'm having a cape does sound like that. I mean, talk about the way Night Wilder dressed, but that was really, really it. Yeah, because well, like, they talked I feel like about you mind that a little bit. Yeah, they talked about Steelheart's cape being in tatters after the fight. Anyways, sorry. Oh no, no. <laughs> It's my bad that I misspoke and got us off on that tangent. <laughs> no, uh, clo- clo- man, I almost did it again. Closing <laughs> yeah. thoughts. Ava. Just a quick closing thought, and if you would give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I would thumbs this up. Um, I mean, I already went into a lot about my feelings about it, so, so you know... F- for myself, I still would recommend more Sanderson books. It's just, um, it's just harder for me to pick them up because I sort of know what they're going to be. Um, um, but I should probably take into account this thought of um, being in a mood for a more escapist book and picking up a Sanderson in that case um, and not just whenever I feel like reading a story in general. Um and and it might hit me a little bit better um, if I were to do it that way. Um, but I think you know overall, you know everything about this book is great, and and I think it's really good. All right, uh, Gail, your thoughts and recommendation. I enjoyed this very much. Like I said, I thought it was a light read, even though people have discussed how it was kind of bleak. I didn't. I didn't really find it that way because I was too interested in the characters. So I would recommend it. I'd give it two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Ooh. All right. I don't think our scale really allows for oh, that. No. But... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have more thumbs up than people. It's going to be perfect. Uh... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Thumbs up. All right. Uh, Caleb, what do you think? I thought this book is really, really good and a lot of fun to read. I would absolutely recommend it. Right. Two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'm kind of similar to everybody else. It's pretty awesome. Exactly what I was hoping it was going to be when I put it on the list. Um, just uh, cool guys doing cool stuff in a cool place. Cool powers all around. There's a guy who's OP. That's always a plus for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I give it a definite thumbs up. I just thought about this now, but actually, I wasn't that interested to start reading it because I knew it was like a superhero kind of book. 
Oh yeah. I didn't realize it wasn't really a superhero book as much. No, yeah, because it follows the people without powers. Yeah. Yeah. Which I actually find out I find more interesting. It, it was, I think, more interesting than just like an X-Men or something. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that'll do it for this month. Um next month is going to be The Rise of Kyoshi by FC Yi, which is actually a book set in the Avatar The Last Airbender universe following the rise of Avatar Kyoshi. Yeah. If you, if you can you got it. Following the rise of Kyoshi. <laughs> this so this will be interesting. we've had we've had a I think a good run of uh, thumbs up books um for a while this one will be interesting because i have no idea i don't know anything <laughs> about avatar i don't know anything about this author so here we go yeah i'm yeah. worried you're gonna get a lot more out of it if you know the avatar series but we'll see well i'll, I'll bring that next time we'll, we'll see what yeah. i uh, completely just completely miss yeah it is, it is actually like what i'm most curious about with this book is to get to the discussion and see the people that don't know avatar if they got anything useful out of this book. Yeah, apologies <laughs> if you don't, since this was the book I chose. So, so, like, in my mind, I should be able to read this book knowing nothing about Avatar and mm-hmm. still have a good time. So that's my expectation coming in. So we'll see. Hopefully. <laughs> oh my gosh, Alex. <laughs> I expect you will, but... <laughs> there you go. All Poor right, Abe. Well, look forward to that next month. Uh, we'll see you then. This episode was edited by me, Alex McCausland. Other voices include Abe Wolfgang, Caleb Juno, and Gail McCausland. For next month, we're reading The Rise of Kyoshi by F.C. Yi. I'm sure you Avatar fans out there are excited about this one. Be sure to pick it up and read it before the next episode so you can get the most out of our discussion. Remember, Stay inside, stay safe, but also remember to talk to one another and keep your minds active. As always, you can find more content at wearethehorizon.com. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you all in June.